Welcome everybody to What's Up Fandom. My name is Josh, and today I'm joined once again by two very special guests. Uh, we have uh, Rad Seacrest. Hello. And Bill Wolkoff. Hey, Josh. How's it going? Uh, you, and you guys, you have creators, executive producers, all the fun stuff of uh, Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beasts. It's going well. It's it's. I feel like I'm looking into a slight mirror right now because we're on a Zoom right now, and 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 Josh has put on a tie yeah. uh, to, which you claim is, is inspired by my tie, so that uh, uh, warms my, glasses, my heart. My glasses, the world. my glasses are in the other room, so <laughs> otherwise I would have had the glasses on too. Um, so guys, uh, how excited are you for uh, this final season of Kipo? It's, it's bittersweet because it's like, oh man, it's done, but... It's kind of nice. It just lives forever. It's out there in the ether, you know, in a year from now, people could pop on their Netflix. They've never seen it and watch it. It's just there, which is such a cool, it's so different than like back in the day when stuff was on TV and you saw it that one night. Now it's just, it's there. Go watch it whenever you want. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, did you guys think um, at the beginning of the now, and I don't know how much of this is um, just the state of the world that we're in now, but <laughs> when you guys had season one at the beginning of the year, which is January 14th, that's uh, mm -hmm. right-ish. Um, so back in January, we had the first uh, season. Was it the was it the plan to have all three seasons in a year, or did it just kind of like trickle down to where okay, we we've already we've got it, so let's go ahead and you know pump it out. I think we definitely knew there was going to be two seasons this year with the possibility of three. So the, the three was kind of up in the air. Um, I'm kind of glad they did all three. Cause it, I feel like maybe it would have been too much time between, mm -hmm. between seasons. I, we can't get in the minds of the Netflix executives, but I do wonder if they were saying, you know what, this year is pretty effed up and Kipo has become a little more... <laughs> prescient than maybe we had thought it would be so we should probably do all three in 2020 i like it um it, it's definitely uh, i and again this isn't uh, i'm sure you guys weren't thinking of this when you know you guys created the show but i mean emmy right i mean you guys told the whole entire story in a year all three <laughs> seasons in a year i mean pretty sure you may have best you know animated series kind of wrapped <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those like, hey, yeah, like, oh, here's one season of this show. It's like, yeah, but we got three seasons in a year. We told an entire story. We left a cliffhanger. We have a story. So, I mean, I think it's looking good. It's looking good. It's all. It's a, it, it also means that this is the only year we're eligible for any, any, <laughs> this... any awards. So, yeah. well, hopefully, I mean... <laughs> hopefully we'll win some. Yeah. I mean, you could always do like a Kipo Christmas special, like next year or something like that. You never know; it happens. <laughs> like, what what is you know Christmas in New World? Is there like a Burrow Bunny Day or something like that that you know they celebrate when the Burrow Bunny? I don't know. I don't know what we're going. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about uh, season three. So really our main storyline, and we're going to go very minimal. Well, spoilers, spoilers from here on out, everybody. If you're listening, spoilers. Um, I'm going to try not to ruin everything, but I am going to ruin everything. 
Um, so our main like story focus for season three is uh, keep on her friends uh, trying to get the mutes and the humans uh, basically to be friends together. And we get um, Hamufa, which congratulations. You guys got your own spew. That's the main thing. Um, and then we have uh, Dr. Amelia who goes and creates her, her um, I guess, cure, her mute cure, I guess, finger quotes. Um and so that that's like kind of the crux of the story. Um, this season is a lot darker than the previous seasons. I mean, there's some friends that we lose along the way, unfortunately. Um, but there's a prom, isn't there it? Is, <laughs> technically, yes. Spelled like pram. I, I feel like the prom and the K-pop novels kind of balance it out to make it about the same. I'll allow it, you know, I'll allow it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, can you tell us a little bit about like, going into this final season? Like, did you know that, you know, there were going to be some darker elements? Did they just kind of like come along through storyboarding and everything? Like how, how did, you know, season three kind of shape out? Well, we, we, if, see, if you look at season one as uh, that's Kipo discovering the surface for the first time. Mm-hmm. Season two is her starting to change the surface in a significant way. And then season three we see the surface uh, pushing back against her very hard and starting to change her. And you can't do that without there being some real consequences. Uh, so there are real consequences to uh, Amelia's uh, cure uh, that we feel in a very acute way. I, I, will, you know, I will avoid giving the actual spoilers for what those consequences are, but the stakes are real and uh, we didn't wanna uh, pull back on the seriousness of what Kipo was up against. Um, so l- let's, get, let's dive into the darkness here. Um, <laughs> so when did you decide, uh, like, when did you guys decide, like, who was going to get this mute cure? It was in, we, we had long discussions in the writer's room, and we had, I think we had discussed all of the options, at, you know, uh, for weeks, uh, if I remember correctly, um, all the time, you know, my sense of time, like all of us, is a little bit uh, blurred right now from having been in our own boroughs for <laughs> seven months. Um, but uh, we, we, we narrowed in on uh, Yumyun, spoiler, uh, being uh, the, he's the first big uh, 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 larger than life presence that, yeah that Kipo wins over and losing Yumyun doesn't just affect Kipo and Benson and Wolf. It affects uh, his entire village and all of the other gangs. It makes, it makes the threat of the humans very real for them and brings back all of the sins of humanity from before they even had mutated by, by, by taking him. So it just felt like it had the most impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's 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 kind of where we landed on it. And also, Rad drew an utterly adorable young <laughs> ca- normal cat that we all wanted to see on screen. Did you keep that drawing too? Yeah, I I, I, I have it. I have it in this file here. <laughs> nice. Rad's gonna need that drawing for uh, a thing. I'm just kidding. I don't know if I'll be able to well, find it right away, but I but I have I have the first one. In my uh, nice. my keyboard drawing <laughs> That's <file>. super cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, I mean, again, spoilers going out. So we lose, we lose Yumyun, we lose Brad, um, and then we also lose Wolf's sister, which that was a storyline that is one of the very few storylines that really doesn't really kind of get resolved. We have the meeting with the two, and then uh, there is like the the double cross, but then like her sister doesn't really kind of double cross her, um, kind of tries to warn her. But then her sister thing and brother then get turned into wolves. Um, so there's really no, unfortunately, no, uh, you know, uh, reconciliation between the two. Um, did you guys think uh, about possibly, because uh, we, we do talk about um, Kipo's mom trying to create this vaccine. Um, was there thought about ever having this vaccine actually come to fruition and then being able to turn everybody that had previously been uh, turned back into their animal selves back into the mutes? It's it's funny you bring that up because like we even we actually only at one point there was you only saw one wolf there wasn't two there so it was ambiguous like which one got turned. Very new a message and then she pops one. <laughs> where Margo showed up in the last episode and we we almost were doing it and it it got taken out. <laughs> it's funny that we just you know, it's like you get notes, change things, do stuff differently, but yeah, there was almost a scene where Margo came back to help as well. And there was like a little wrap up scene with her and Wolf, but uh we, I think it was, uh, it, it, it was like, this is just too many things happening, guys, in this episode. <laughs> so we're like, okay, well, then let's go back and at least we know she got turned and we added the extra, the extra wolf later. <laughs> but there, I mean, to your point, Josh, um, there is a lot more story that could be told in that chapter of, of, of our of our world um and you know we is I don't, i'm not, not not meaning to jump ahead and uh you know rad yeah. and i have talked about this a lot yeah. but we uh we're really glad that we got to tell uh a tight story in three seasons but we also wanted to uh, uh create a world that exists beyond the borders of the show that you see um and has the potential for Future, you know, book two <laughs> uh, down the line. Um, there's uh, a lot more of the uh, chapters to be told in in uh, in Wolf's story. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Hugo's arc, which I really enjoyed because, like, I because we start to get a lot of everything with Scarlemagne in season two. Uh, almost like this, like Kipo is slowly starting to change him. Um, throughout the course of uh, her captivity in season two. And then in season three, it's the reverse where Hugo is uh, captured by Kipo and everything just starts to, he starts to kind of see the error of his ways and ultimately, again, spoilers, ultimately in, uh, ends up sacrificing himself for uh, Kipo. Um, which, by the way, you got a tear from me, so congrats there. Uh, I, was, I was watching, I was like, He's gonna, he's gonna Randy Quaid this thing, and he did. Um, <laughs> so, I was watching. I'm like, yeah, he's in his cool little car thing. He's gonna Randy Quaid. Um, 
So can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of his arc and was that something that you guys were like really proud of? Absolutely. We, uh, I mean, and you heard it, Hugo dies. Uh, along with Yumyun. Now that we're just talking spoilers, yeah, uh, I, I just can't try. be blunt about it. <laughs> we're gonna try. I'm gonna we're, gonna we're gonna try and release this on Friday, so that okay. we, there's a good week of you know everything, and hopefully, if people you know watch it during the weekend, they can listen to it on Monday. <laughs> there you go. We we had uh, an entire season to complete Hugo's story after we had. Uh, um, Hugo slash Scarlemagne uh, after uh, he was dethroned in season two. And that gave us some room to see, uh, see how Kipo, uh, the, the force of Kipo pulled him into a redemption arc and gave him a chance to have the family that he never got to have as, as a, uh, uh, as a child, but he also was insane and was also uh, did really, really bad things uh, in season two and probably did a lot more bad things that we have not seen uh, within the confines uh, of our 30 episodes. Um, so uh, it was very satisfying to get to tell the story about a human being or uh, uh, I'm saying calling a <laughs> a mandrel <laughs> uh, mutant, a human being, but a, a character you know who is very fully rounded out and isn't just good or bad. Um, has many different sides to them, um, and was pushed into uh, evil through a cycle of abuse uh, and neglect and circumstance um, that uh, made him crazy. Co- combined with his his power. Uh, like, you know, when you, when you add those elements, when you add abuse and a, a very uh, um, powerful ability together, that, that, that could be a really bad combination. Um, and, uh, but he also had the elements of good in his life. It was, it was awesome getting to explore all of those facets of him. Uh, what about you, Brad? Got any uh, fun little insights? Because I know like, when we first had you on, you talked about how – Keep, you wanted to make Kipo a little bit darker. Uh, when, when we started, I didn't have the concept of even doing like a, a big villain. That was definitely Bill came in with that idea. And the first version of it was actually Mulholland being like the big villain that he pitched me. And then we ended up going with Scarlemagne. But early on, I, I think we always kind of thought he would remain a villain and he would be like, the villain of the mutes and Amelia would be the villain of the humans. And somewhere along the, I think maybe because season two, you really felt, you started to feel for him. You're like, it, it kind of took a life of its own and you're like, no, it feels like that's not the right path to go with it. Um, and it kind of, you know, we kind of responded to what it was feeling like rather than trying to force it to what our original idea was. Nice. Um, was there anything kind of left on the cutting room floor that, you know, little stories or anything that you guys wanted to tell that you didn't get a chance to in these three seasons? I mean, we definitely like, we wanted to, I, we always wanted to do like whole episodes that weren't about Kipo, like follow Jamak for an entire episode or Mondu for an entire episode, or let's go off with Benson and, uh, and Troy for an episode or do something with Will for an episode. And, um, we just, I mean, maybe the, 
the note was like, guys, come on, let's tell Kifa a story that's going to get so meandery. But I, I don't know. I just always would have liked, I th- would have thought that was cool. You know, maybe that's more of the comic book world or something <laughs> to explore those more slice of life and sort of more personal stories. Mm-hmm. You, you reminded me, Rad, of uh, we had an entire episode where Benson, Wolf, and Kipo all get separated uh, and are in mortal danger. And it's Mandu who finds each of them and, and pulls them out. And they don't even realize it. Like, Mandu's kind of doing it behind, you know, uh, it's in her world, like it's actually happening. But, they're, you know, Mandu is the type of character who sometimes you don't always notice what she's doing at your feet uh, and that uh, she winds up saving them all. That turned into what was episode uh, uh, 19, I think, uh, or uh, episode nine of season two when, when Mandu is the one who saves, uh, save it, saves everybody from Dr. Amelia. But originally it was a story where she goes all over Las Vistas. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that would have been fun. I think we're going to do a lot of split screen. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Um, I like th- there was part of me that was like, I would like Dave to mention, just be like, have you ever noticed that your name like appears in all kinds of scenery? Just like because with all of your in- opening credits and everything, it's always yeah. like Kipo like spray painted on a wall or like uh, dropped pancake syrup and everything. She's been like, your name spelled out a lot in this sh- <laughs> in this world. It's kind of crazy. Just, you know, little, little, little nods like that. I, I was really hoping for some of those. I mean, we definitely, I mentioned this on Twitter, but we had a crazy ending that we just ended up, li- we only cut it, honestly, because we didn't have time. But Mulholland showed back up in a giant crab <laughs> mech robot suit. And it had, like, jet powered, and it lowers. And he he tells them something's going on in Paris. They, yeah, they, he, he's they, also got baguettes. Yeah, he's got baguettes. <laughs> I I wanted to have his stomach have actual waves on it and there's ducks riding boogie boards. <laughs> None of it made it. I don't know why not. <laughs> it's very it's very like the end of Buffy. It's like, I hear there's another Hellmouth in New Jersey or wherever. You, you know what it was too, is like you just had that sad cupcake scene where she's like talking to her dead friend and then Bridget or I think Bridget I think it was Bridget was like I'm not doing this. It's it's sad right now. What do you think? They were like, "Yeah, oh, you're right." <laughs> oh, it would have been hilarious though. Like that—that's what you get. Like that's that's the ending that you get once you watch the entire credits. After the credits, you, yeah, yeah we after the done. credit scene, right before you know the Netflix thing pops up and it gives you all the different yeah. countries and everything. That's what you should. Get. Josh, where 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 were you t- a year ago? Yeah. I. I've, <laughs> I was still in Oklahoma, unfortunately. So your next series, you call me and I will help you out with your in-credits. Oh, man. So, yeah, we, we get a lot of really good storylines. Um, and the music, again, is phenomenal this season. There's that uh, there, there's that bit with uh, Scarlemagne and he's playing uh, Yum Yum's theme on the piano. That is beautiful. Like, I was like, Oh, it took me a second to get it, but then it ding ding ding. ding. I'm like, oh, that's very very sad. Um, were there like what? What were you, some of your favorite um, musical uh, bits this season? It's hard to not go with the K-pop narwhals. Um, <laughs> it, it, Bill, you mentioned it before, but it, 
we I'd always wanted to see a full version of the song that plays during the logo, you know? And that's so song, it was yeah. nice to finally be able to do that. We were it, it was interesting because we were actually gonna get Karen to sing it, but that's when COVID hit and nobody could go to any recording studios. Uh, but it ended up beautiful. She could have done it in a Vanessa. Car. <laughs> I, just to give a shout out to Vanessa Michaels. Yeah. Yeah, she did um, who who uh, composed that song? I mean, or did that song? And uh, my, you know, uh, Fox has not, my my, fo- my five year old has not seen that episode yet, but he always uh, jumps up and goes woo uh, uh, <laughs> during every credits episode. So I cannot wait for him to get to that moment. Um, and I'll just I'll just add uh, the the prom song that Dr. Amelia. Uh, is listening to as uh, I say, I say that in air quotes, um, as she gets on her dress <laughs> and pre- <laughs> prepares to go to the prom. Uh, then that song carried over uh, for, you know, a big part of the uh, uh, final kaiju fight. Um, and that was, it just felt, you know, like captured the spirit of, of what uh, musically we wanted for, for, for the show uh, where you don't always have big score, but you have songs that hit, you know, different kinds of pop songs from different eras that, that hit the same uh, decibels that you need for, from a soundtrack, uh, but uh, uh, kind of flip it, you know, uh, flip the uh, traditional score on its head. Um, I do have, I do have a question. Um, again, spoilers. Does, does Amelia like actually straight up like murder her brother? Like, Oh yeah. Was- Okay. Well, I mean, it it was, but like there was part of me was like, I wonder if. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, I wonder if she kind of like let him go, type of thing, like get out of here, type of. Because I mean, I didn't really want her to be like fully bad. Yeah. Um, like there, because like, I mean, it was same thing with happened with Scarlet. I mean, you do get a you know a redemption arc, and so part of me was like, maybe she'll get a redemption arc. Maybe this lasts a little bit, and then she tries to pull the, you know. In shard of glass and she, everything. Did she push him off a cliff? I'm trying to remember. I think she shoots him. No, in the well, yeah, in no, the, the script. In, in, oh, the yeah. first, in the first script, she. In, well, I don't know if it ever made it to script, but in either exists on a dry erase board somewhere or in an outline. She she shoves him off a cliff. Yes. Yeah. It might. It may have been that, and then the board artist just went with the arrow. Well, it's it's she's she's a fanatic. She's she uh, and I do think that. I'm not saying all fanatics are murderers, but there is there are people who will go to incredible lengths and do things that are not good to justify their beliefs, which they've held on to for such a long time. I don't know if you've ever noticed anybody in our government possibly doing things that are not necessarily ethical in order to justify the beliefs that they held and will go to lengths to do things that I won't name. Um, and and th- that was part of uh, what Amelia represents. And the, yeah. the bad thing that she had to do was in, or- in order for her to maintain her belief system, which her, her dad passed on to her and she built her entire identity on, it would shatter if she brought her brother back. So she had, uh, you know, she had no choice but to kill him. Um, and she didn't, she didn't do it because she's, uh, um, she has bloodlust, I guess. I mean, uh, she just holds on to those beliefs so tightly that 
the, the, like the line between what's okay and what's not okay to achieve your beliefs gets very blurred. Yeah. I mean, it was for the greater good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, yeah, like so, so many good little storylines. Like we do get uh, Dave and Benson's meeting, which was is cute, but also very sad. Um, I I like like they're the last two basically survivors. Like he's the last, like uh, Benson's the last survivor of the fanatics, and Dave's the last survivor of the Daves. Um, it's yeah, it's just really good. Like I, I like all the the stories and everything you tell. Like what was one of uh, what was one of your favorite arcs this season? My just to just to talk about that scene, my favorite little hidden gem is we designed the first fanatic guy to look like Ben Meckler. So Ben's son is Benson. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, can you ask your question one more oh, time? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what were some of your favorite that. little? I said arcs. Like, what were some of your, like one of your favorite like story uh, story bits this season? Mm. I'll go if you if you, yeah, if you yeah. want to think about it for for a moment. Um, for me, it was it was song getting to come back and actually be a mom to Kipo. Uh, we we wrote that uh, we Taylor Orsi, uh, one of our incredibly talented writers, wrote episode seven where Kipo gets her mom back for a day, uh, and it's this amazing wish fulfillment. And she realizes at the end of it that she has to say goodbye to her mom uh, and let this and watch her shatter uh, or she, you know, or, <laughs> or she won't be alive anymore, but it's, it's heartbreaking because that's what she's always wanted. Uh, and ever since we did that episode, I was like, God, we got to give Kipo that mom. Otherwise it's just too heartbreaking. So I was really glad that we could bring song back and having Wolf and Kipo both cheering for <laughs> song. I think this was a, I, I'm, I'm going to, and I could be wrong, but I think it was Christine Song who, who came up with the moment where uh, they were cheering for her mom while she was trying to get her, find her science feet again <laughs> um, when uh, she had just become human again for the first time. And I, I just, I love that moment. Uh, and it's about this found family coming back together uh, are coming together at a time when Kipo actually gets her biological family too. Uh, and uh, I felt like we, you know, went down a long road to get there. And uh, to me, that was very, very satisfying. I liked, uh, I mean, I definitely liked seeing Margot come back. And like we mentioned before, I feel we've, we've hinted at online, we'd love to do like a wolf movie. But I feel like there's a whole story there after the series about that, that, plot line i mean yeah maybe wolf goes out in search of Margot. you know gotta find some stuff i mean she, she's forgiven because you do have a nice evolution for wolf too she finally ends up getting rid of the um the wolf you know what would you call that uh cape pelt. hood pelt that she mm -hmm. wears her hoodie um mm -hmm. that she wears all the time um and the dons. skin of her mom <laughs> I was trying to find a more delicate way to say skin of her mom, but you know, that's fine. That works. Um, hurts the skin of her mom. Um, and actually, and she kind of grows and I, I really like that. Like, let's, uh, let's kind of go into the time skip. Um, like as, as we kind of close out, um, for the time skip, we, we do get to see a lot of our uh, characters that we've seen over the years. You've get, you get Zane and, uh, Oh, what is her name? Greta. 
the the raccoon. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, um, holy cow! I'm sorry. I just watched it last label? night. Um, is it label? No, it's, uh, no, yeah. it's it's uh, not tongue to pre- carton. No, it's label. It's You're right. Label, You're, yeah. It's label. It's label. Like, yeah, Stop. Zane and Label create their gym, which I was like, these two <laughs> together, they're like awesome. Um, again, yeah, you've got uh, Troy and Benson creating Benson's Cafe. Uh, the Benterant. The Benterant. That's fantastic. Um, or Bento Box. You know, whatever. Because uh, <laughs> they were selling little Bentos. Anyway, uh, yeah, like I, I like all these different things. Like, were there any? Uh, were there any? Was there anything in there that you uh, wanted to add that you uh, possibly didn't get to add? Any more little? Because we didn't really get to see anything with like all of our characters. We do see Molly with uh, Yum Yun at the end. Um, some you know kids playing and doing their kid thing because kids. Um, conveniently, you made a show for kids, and there's kids in the show. It's amazing. Um, and you got we do get a, a five-year time skip, right? Yes. Five? So Kipo would be 18 and so on for the other characters. Yeah. Um, what was was there anything in there that you you didn't get a chance to put in, or something in there that you snuck in there that maybe some of us didn't see, like any little fun little Easter eggs that maybe some of us haven't caught yet? I mean, I mentioned the the, the possible Mulholland return that we were actually going to do. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there were other things we were trying to put in there that we weren't able to. Uh, God, that's a tough one. What's the name of Zane and Label's gym? I can't remember off the top oh my of my God. head. I, I, I have just... to look back. Was it just a wait? Did it happen? No, we, uh, I, I, I think that was... Uh, the board team that came up with the name for, for, for their gym. I don't think that, that came out of the uh, writer's room. So I'm going to credit the our inc- insanely clever, smart writers on, on the board teams uh, with the name that I'm uh, that is escaping me at the moment. Forgive the uh, uh, seven-month pandemic. <laughs> We're going to let you guys create it right now. Like we, we, we got a little bit of time. I want you guys to create the name of their gym. <laughs> You got to see, uh, let's see, you got to see the tadpole in the, in the office. I, I always liked this idea that Jamak at some point went back and kind of raised all the, the lake full of tadpoles <laughs> into frogs. Yeah, because he does a, uh, he creates like a dance studio, doesn't he? No, I think or, he's. Or maybe he's, I he's had the, a fever. He's driving dream. the Mega Bunny, right? Yeah, oh, that's dr- right. Yeah, he's Mega Bunny. Yeah. That's right. He's driving the but bus. I don't know where I got dance studio from. I may have dreamed last night. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I can see it. Him in the theaters. Yeah. I do like, it's like, and this is where we're stopping because our transportation is taking it out. Good <laughs> stuff. Um, so, so what's next for uh, you guys? Indie, NDA's pending. <laughs> um, well, I, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I, I have animation things cooking up um but I, I i work in both animation and live action and i'm very lucky right now i'm i'm uh working on uh on the live action side on on star trek strange new worlds with uh, a lot of nice. unbelievably in- incredible writers um and that's uh, the uh that's the pike one right yes, yes. Uh, okay it's, it's Pike and I, and this I could say because this has all all been well announced. But it's Pike and Spock and and uh, um, 
number one um, from uh, um, the uh, original series yeah, episode. The yeah, the cage. Uh, the cage. <laughs> Bro, um, I'm I'm there, man. I I got. Sh- <laughs> I'm with you with the Star Trek. I'm there. I'm like, yeah. Um, Poor Pike gets all blinky. And 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 that's that. Uh, so that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, but I uh, still very much am, you know, just as rooted in animation and. Uh, when I have more uh, stuff to talk about, I, I will. I would love to t- tell you about it, Josh. Awesome. Uh, what about you, Brad? I'm producing something I can't talk about, and then it's always the best. Developing things I can't talk about. <laughs> hey, but here's the thing: Hopefully you're keeping so. busy. You're keeping busy. Yeah, That's the main busy. thing. Yeah. It's not like and done. <laughs> Anybody hiring? You know, well, at least it, it's not that. It's funny because we hopped onto like our other projects. For me, like a year ago, like uh, as Kipa was finishing up, um, so it it's it's so interesting for it to come out now because it's like it feels like we said goodbye so long ago, like and and we're all like a, me and the writers are on a text chain and always chat, but it's like, oh man, that was that was like a lifetime ago when we made Kipo. <laughs> um, last question for you guys: um, What is something that you want the fans of, or you want somebody watching Kipo to take away? I mean, especially now that relentless positivity is looking real nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even try to, it's not my natural setting. So I try to, even when I watch it kind of, I, I even try to take that away from it myself. <laughs> I, I kind of said this in the, in the uh, near Comic-Con panel, but I, uh, you know, it's, it, this is, very true. So I'll, I'll say it again here. Um, we, when Rad and I first, when I first saw Rad's web comic, uh, I saw this world that looked like this cast of characters, a diverse and inclusive cast of characters that looked like the Los Angeles that I knew. And when I started, uh, when I started working with Rad, uh, that became our, our mantra, uh, reflecting the world that we, we know. Um, and, we, you know, this is a really scary time right now where it feels like uh, uh, there are forces that are pushing against all of the good progress that we've made. Uh, and it feels oftentimes like there's less and less reason to be hopeful. Um, and we wanted to have this, this uh, inclusive and, and diverse cast at the front and center of that conflict. Um, this the the Fallon family of our show pushing up against those forces trying to push us back to a time that is not you know that that, that almost feels backwards um, and if we can uh, reach people in a you know if, if people look at our show and see this uh, and there's a lot of shows that have th- thankfully now uh, diverse and inclusive casts but if people look at this show that's on right now and see that and see those uh, this found family and it normalizes difference and change for them a little bit i think that would you know i, I hope that's a takeaway that, that that people have nice and guys thank you both so much for coming on um all these wonderful episodes that we've done um they've been great it's been great to get to know you guys and get to know kipo um where can everybody find you guys social media wise uh, I'm just Rad Seacrest on Twitter and Instagram. 
I am flying lobster and there's an underscore between flying and lobster uh, at twitter.com and Josh, because I think it was you who suggested I get a better Instagram handle. I am also bill wears ties. At a, I like at Instagram. that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll put uh, everything in the show notes so you can find them. Um, big thank you to uh, DreamWorks for um, hooking us up with, you know, early screeners and everything for Kipo and setting up these interviews. You can find uh, all three seasons of Kipo and uh, the Age of Wonder Beasts on Netflix. Um, we're going to put their links in the show notes so you can just click on it and watch it from there. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at What's Up Fandom, on Twitter at What's Up Fandom PC. All of our episodes are available iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, and on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. A uh, big thank you to One Out of Ten for the intro and outro for um, our episodes. Um, we're going to put them in the show notes as well, so you can find them on Spotify and YouTube, buy their albums, listen to them, check them out. Really good ba uh, band here from beautiful Glendale, California. Um, uh, Rad, Bill, again, thanks so much for coming on, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Josh. No, no problem. So for the What's Up Fandom Podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Rad. I'm Bill. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>